destino para ti lo que viniera de ti. Welcome to the Inside the Journey podcast. This is episode number 23 for Sunday, October 6, 2013. I'm Nelson DeWitt. I'm John Younger. And we are the creative team behind the documentary film Identifying Nelson, Buscando a Roberto. Today, we are going to talk about a couple of films that John and I have been watching we like to watch documentary films in order to get a sense of how other people are telling complicated stories. And in this episode, we're gonna kind of go over three of them and uh, share with you kind of what we've been watching and what influences us. So this episode was based off a suggestion that my mother made in one of the comments. If, if anyone else has questions or suggestions, please let us know because they might turn into an episode. So thanks, Mom, for the suggestion. This is a, a break from the direct subject matter, um, the war in El Salvador, the disappeared children, your story, and really looking at analytical documentaries that, that address complicated issues that aren't, maybe aren't so clear on the surface, right? Correct, yeah. And that's how it's relevant, and here we go. All right, so before we begin, a reminder that the Advocate experience is live, and it's only been out for two days, and we're almost full. Uh, we two are, days as of the recording. Two days of the as of the recording. We are recording this on Thursday, and you'll be listening to it on Sunday. But as of right now, uh, we're almost we're, we're pretty much full at the moment. Uh, for so, the, so get your application in if you're interested, and hopefully there's still room. And it's yeah. very exciting that that. People are interested in responding. Yeah. So thank you, everyone who signed up, and uh, we're you know we'll be letting more people in later down the road, but we're going to start small and and work from there. So uh, if you're interested, feel free to apply. There'll be a waiting list and all that good stuff. It's inbarfilm.com/tae for the advocate experience. All right. Enough of that. Now on with the show. All right, John. Since you were the, since you told me about this documentary film, why don't you introduce the first one that we will be talking about? Which one is that? <laughs> the, the two Escobars. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. and of our assignments, that's the one I haven't reviewed as much. But um, the the three films are the two Escobars, which is a, a ESPN thirty for thirty, um, and it's a feature length documentary. And The Man Nobody Knew, which is a documentary about uh, former CIA director William Colby, told from the perspective of his son, Carl Colby. And Hot Coffee, which you had recommended, which is uh, a look at the basically the campaign against class action lawsuits, tort law, um, by basically Karl Rove and the Chamber of Commerce. And, and, and so those and are I, the three films. Yeah. And I guess our perception of uh, trip, like frivolous lawsuits as well. But we'll get into that in a minute. So the first film yes. we're going to talk about is the 30 for 30, the two Escobars. So okay. John, why don't okay. you introduce it? Great. Basically, it's paralleling the lives of Pablo Escobar, the drug lord in Colombia, and Andreas Escobar, is that correct? And Andres, yeah. 
Yeah, Andres Escobar. Escobar, who was a defender for the Colombian soccer team um, that played in the 94 World Cup and then was subsequently, I'm not giving anything away here, I mean, it's sort of the premise of the film, was murdered um, by but, some soccer fans. And right. he had scored an own goal. And uh, in, which in led the tournament... To the... Yeah, the which, team did very poorly, and they and they were supposed to be one of the favorites, and they had an early exit. So it it's a film that basically par or shows how these two lives were sort of on a parallel track, and how how linked they were, and and basically shows the politics of a, a narco country at the time, along with uh, through through the lens of soccer. Right. So what we're going to try and do for this episode in for the sake of time is simply talk about our reactions to the film instead of all the details of what happened. Just so, uh, if you're interested, go watch it. And then this, so this episode is going to be about our reaction to that. So, and we won't give away the ending or anything. Right. Okay, Nelson, what did you think of this film? The two Escobars uh, was... A beautiful film. They used a lot of footage from the from the 80s and 90s of the actual people and uh, the you know the football games. And the film starts out with the 1994 World Cup game, and it's the players talking about how there was all this stress and tension going into that game, and someone's son had been kidnapped. And then they show the own goal, and then they they mention the fact that. Andres dies and that's how it begins and you sort of I, I think on the surface level you assume that Pablo Escobar has to be responsible for this mm -hmm. and and what they do is they go back in time and they start to build this picture of how these two people their lives were intermingled and connected I found just in general terms is a lot like an Errol Morris film I love watching Errol Morris films and in that it takes it makes a lot of these disparate connections, things you never thought were connected, and and really elegantly weaves them together. And uh, I mean, it's it's very artful. I mean, yes, it's a soccer movie on ESPN, but it's really it was really an artful film in the way that it made you the understanding these two characters, understanding something much more deep about Colombia in the '90s and the drug trade and what it does to a country. So that was my overall impression of it. Yeah. At the end, I sort of felt like Pablo Escobar was a modern day Robin Hood in a, in a sense, right? Well, like that's the way he viewed himself, but he was also the guy who bashes work sure, right. his head in with a baseball bat. Yeah, but he would also build all these fields in the slums of Colombia providing, mm -hmm. you know, and and he did a lot for the poor. Sure. You know, and and like this, I, I mean, that that's like you know the historically like the mafia in this country, like right. absolutely, it takes care of its own. Um, but but it, it you know, but it, it has this violence. Also, it's operating this spiral of death. You know, this film I think also revealed the some of the positive that came out of that man who was responsible for all this death and destruction. And I think that that was what was so fascinating to me, because I think 
on the surface, you think drug lord, bad guy, plain and simple. And then this this film does such a great job of pointing out that if it wasn't for pa- uh, Pablo Escobar, many of those players on this Colombian team would have never been, you know, had that opportunity. And of course, it all it always it fell apart. And as someone in the film points out, you know, in this very tragic way, it falls apart. My general impression is that that was it was very artful storytelling that in and um, I, I, someday I'd aspire to it. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just really well told story, and and um, especially the I think it's just very confident the way that um, writer and and producer and and whoever was involved with it, the way they would connect these disparate elements in in very elegant ways. I think the others that we're looking at, maybe it's a good segue to Hot Coffee, which is a lot more straightforward of a movie. Yep. You know? Yeah. So I guess I'll introduce this one. Uh, Hot Coffee is is a film about the McDonald's lawsuit where an old woman spills coffee on her lap gets burned and then sues McDonald's for $2 million. And what I liked... She was awarded that, but she didn't sue him for... Right. Well, well, you know, the point I'm trying to make with that introduction is that that's the story that we heard about, right, through the media or whatever, right? That there's this woman... Everybody knows that story. Everyone knows that. Ridiculous. Right. And that, and the story goes something like she was driving the car, uh, she opened the lid, spilled it, and then she sued for $2.7 million, right? That's the story that everyone knows. And what this film does is it takes that assumption on directly and kind of says, mm-hmm. that's what you've heard. This is the reality. They interviewed the, the woman's daughter and she was saying, you know, my mother was in the passenger side. She wasn't driving. The car was pulled over. She simply took the lid off and it caused these burns. And then they actually show you these very graphic pictures of the third degree burns. And you're like, whoa, you know, like it completely breaks your perception of what this lawsuit is about. And then they go on to explain the. And you uh, learn that. Right. Sorry. Well, go they ahead. go on to explain the concept of tort reform, which we won't get into here, but it's it's about curving these lawsuits and the amount of money that can be awarded to someone who's suing. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of pick apart or, or the rest of the film is sort of the five or six ways that this, uh, our, our use or, or the way that the court system has been eroded for the general public, you know, taking yeah. away. Uh, it's so. very, very straightforward. I mean, they take, they took take a look at this story that everybody knows, right? And then they um, they show you how you don't really know much about it, even if you form these opinions. And they show you how it's really the centerpiece, not the centerpiece, but a a very important point in the narrative that's been drawn around this huge campaign that's got people like the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and Karl Rove and and a lot of big interests that want to curb tort lawsuits, right? And then it goes through like four or five case studies, basically. And it even has literally, it, 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 in between each chapter, 
or act, there's a, a, a case file, you know, <laughs> and they put the case file graphic on the screen, and then they bring you inside a different story, and it's stor other stories that that are very prominent in a lot of in some cases, like they have uh, a woman who worked for Halliburton, and this this is something that elicits much more sympathy than the hot coffee story, right? Um, and in some ways, the title's a little misleading because each of these stories they give equal weight to. You know, they tell the McDonald's story and then they tell the woman for, who worked for Halliburton um, and was raped and then couldn't sue because of the way the Halliburton contracts are structured. And then they, they tell the story of a judge in Mississippi who underwent a political persecution, actually several political persecutions, when he actually won a, a race that a lot of money had been thrown into and he wasn't the business candidate. And how, and, uh, and so they go through these different case studies and take you, essentially they do a, they use a lot of headlines um, and, and then direct interviews with the people involved and they show you, okay, here's, here's you know, this hot coffee story, here's how it fits into this greater narrative in reality, right? It was fascinating because it takes, it takes this little funny incident that everybody loves to talk about, you know, and has this very simple understanding of and shows you, well, of course you have a really simple understanding of it. It's part of something much bigger. Well, I, th I think you're right about that. And that's, you know, the power. And, and I'd, I'd even push back and say, that's why hot coffee is a great title for it. Because yeah, it is you, a great title. you know, you, you come in to it expecting Oh, I've heard this story. I know what this is about, and then it completely blows your mind. And honestly, it depressed me a little bit to watch the the film because I was just like, "Wow, they've really like taken away this fundamental part of the court system and crippled it." And uh, mm -hmm. so I think for that reason, it had this this impact. And I think you know to bring this back to our film and where this is important, I think that many people have a very a high level simplistic understanding of what happened in Central America during the 70s and 80s a simplistic understanding of of if somebody's called a communist you know correct or, yeah i yeah. guess that's what i was trying to say they have a simplistic view of what that means mm -hmm. and it leads them to think all this these other things and i believe the hope is it, you know i i think we are trying to peel back some of those layers, much like hot coffee did, to give yeah. people a deeper understanding of what was going on. This documentary does a great job of just showing you a false narrative and then totally taking it apart piece by piece. I think that we'll move on to the, the next film, or the last film, as it were. And this film is called The Man That Nobody Knew. And it is about the former head of the CIA. Uh, is it Scott Colby? Is that right? William Colby. William Colby. That, during so, uh, Nixon. During Nixon, yeah. And this film I thought was interesting, both because of the historical context. I think I watched it uh, soon after the Henry Kissinger documentary film, which we mentioned in you know we've been talking about over the past two podcasts and uh you know so I, I think that's how i got into it was this historical context but 
in terms of storytelling, what what really struck me was the way that they built the this they built up William Colby from and the family they members. Being, they uh, being being his son, right? Yeah. Which is a uh, lot like you telling your story. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. And how he built up his father, not as you know, it, it was interesting because he didn't take a, the stance of what he did was right or wrong. He just said, this is who I understood him to be. And these are the things that he did. And you can have your own opinion about whether those are good or bad. But this is just my experience. And this is who he was. So he, so you're brought into this person's life, not from the political, like from either political side but from the family side, you know, and, and again, I think you said it, it's very similar to what we're trying to do, where we're trying to bring people into this politically charged issue, not from either side, but from the family side, from the you know personal side. Yeah. I, I love this film um, for a lot of reasons. One is structurally like, I don't know if maybe there's this more story than structure, but he shows you how um, his father's career started as one thing. You know, somebody who was fighting the Nazis in World War II and protecting Italy against becoming a communist country and, and things that Americans can all agree on, you know, and, and sort of started as this one, not small, but very pure activity and, and this guy started in the CIA when the CIA began before it was the CIA when it was the, you know and uh, and then how it became something else over time and, and also how he started in Vietnam in like the early 50s he was he had a major role there in the early 50s and and then ended up in the Nixon administration you know with with a lot of chaos so it, it it did a good job of showing how something could start off one way on a personal level and a professional level and become something else. And it also did a great job. The interviews were just so personal, you know, I mean, he'd be interviewing world leaders, heads of KGB and uh, journalists like Seymour Hirsch. And yet he was just asking about his dad, you know, and things he might not know about his dad and, and what his dad was trying to do. And, and I think we have, we captured some of that, you know, um, in our interviews, um, so it was exciting in a lot of ways to watch it. Well, um, what was what was fascinating to me is I did not grow up in those times. I grew up in the '90s for the most part, right? So to and watch I didn't grow up in those times either. I mean, that's you yeah. know, I was five years old and not understanding any of that. So right, yeah. So. But seeing this film and then, you know, there are all these, there's Donald Rumsfeld, there's Dick Cheney, there's all these people in the room and you're like, wow, they, they've been there for, from the beginning, you know, or, or like since, since Nixon and you just like Nixon, Central America, Iraq, you know, like all these sort of major conflicts that we've had over the past 40 years or so, they've been involved with. In, yeah, in some and, level, and you know, and that was fascinating. Almost all of them, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I really had no idea that that was the case. 
And, and I would contend that I think one of the important things to ask in our documentary eventually, not in this first one, but is how do we fight wars, you know, and what, what the hell are we doing, <laughs> you know, um, what's really happening. And, uh, and I think these, these types of documentaries lend a lot of insight into that. Henry Kissinger is in, in there as well, and there's this one part that struck me, you know, since we're talking about this historical stuff, is they're talking about the Vietnam War and ways to end it, and Colby says something like, uh, you know, we can, we can save this, and then uh, Kissinger responds, there's nothing to be saved. And Kobe responds, except human lives. Gives you a Telling lot of moment. insight into who's on what side of what issue. Right. You know? Yes, very much so. It, it, so, I, you know, I, I feel like that's a good place to kind of wrap uh, the, that movie. Um, and then I, I think we'll just do a final thoughts here and, and call it a day. You know, looking at these different films, I, I think the theme of these films has been stories that we have a surface view of, and then the films provide a way of looking into it on a much deeper level. I, I guess that would be my takeaway. Yeah. And I think like the, the Colby documentary is tremendously personal. The hot coffee, it's very straightforward approach. And, and then the, the, the two Escobars is just really elegant and multi-layered. So I, I think that's where we're going to end it. Uh, do we have anything else? I just wanted to say it's it's exciting. We get these little updates whenever somebody submits a, a thing for the advocate experience, and it's really exciting to see um, people interested and, and thankful for it. Yeah, and You did a great job setting it up, Nelson. Well, thank you, everyone, who has signed up for the advocate experience. If you're interested, there's still room. It's inbarfilm.com slash T-A-E for The Advocate Experience. And that's all we have for today. Tune in next week. And cue the music. No, we're going with tune in next week. All right. <laughs>